ditch the fairy tale princess, it's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. I know, right? Can you believe who is on the podcast today? Finally, I have been waiting to have Lindsay Schwartz come drop some knowledge bombs on us to share with us some wisdom of what has taken her to grow the powerhouse community. Lindsay is someone that I admire, who I look up to, who I stay around because she is doing and living a life that inspires me. And I am so grateful, actually, that this was the first time we actually got to sit down and podcast together because the timing was so divinely perfect. If you don't know who Lindsay Schwartz is, I've done you a disservice. I talk about her a ton on my stories. I've been a part of her masterminds, her community for quite some time now. I've been able to do hair and makeup for her on many occasions. And she is just an amazing human. This bio does a decent job, but she is someone I resonate with who has gone through the ropes of life and who has come out on top because she stands for a bigger mission and discovered that her passion for personal development could also help others. That's why she stepped into the space of becoming an author. Now she calls herself an investor and a master community builder. And she is the founder of Powerhouse Women. Not only is she fiercely committed to supporting other women, this woman invests her time in mentoring women of all ages, from high school to achieving entrepreneurs. After seeing numerous women in her life stop short of pursuing their own entrepreneurial dreams because of fear and self-doubt, she saw the need for more honest conversations about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship in order to show women that they don't have to have it all together to get started. From there, the Powerhouse Women Community annual event and podcast were born with the motto that we're not meant to do business or life alone. That's one of my favorite tweetable ties that I love to use. We are not meant to do business or life alone. You're going to want to wait till the end because it gets juicy. We talk about a ton of real life things that come up for so many of us as we get curious about an entrepreneurial journey or we're actually in the throes of creating that success and trying the things it's so good. You're going to love it. I don't want to keep you too long, but don't forget to tap the link and the free resource in the show notes. She is giving us five secrets to silencing self-doubt and becoming your next level self while taking bold action toward your big ideas. We talked a ton about that in the podcast. I know you'll resonate with so much of what we talked about. And as the only way this podcast grows is because you help me do. So sharing this episode with a girlfriend immediately after you listen but also sharing it on social, that shit means the world. And it's how I'm able to grow, shine my light, and hopefully help so many others. So know that I am so grateful for this time we get together. And I am even more grateful for you sharing me with your friends and posting me to social. It means the absolute world. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. My face hurts a little bit because I'm smiling so hard right now. I have one of my dearest friends, soul mentor sisters in this world right now on the podcast. It's a pinch me moment. Lindsay Frickin' Schwartz. 
Welcome to the Hi. show. I'm so excited. I know you know it's going to be a good conversation when your cheeks hurt from smiling so big and you haven't even started recording. So you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, selfishly, I'm like, and we're done. I just wanted to say hi, tell her she showed up and like, there you go. No, but honestly, I was like, how are we going to get all the juiciness in an hour? Can I create three part series out of one podcast episode? Totally. That's just my crazy brain. This woman is so many things. I, I read her bio and then I just laughed and I was like, that almost ruined it for me because I was like, She's so much more than a bio. And I know I'm the worst at writing bios, too. So if you could just rewrite it for me, that'd be great. I got you. It would probably be way too long to fit in anybody's short bio. But not only is she an author, she's an amazing speaker that I've watched grow into this speaking space. And the amount of attention and energy that she can hold, not only for herself up there on stage, but for everybody in the room, is now at this next level phase. And it's been so cool to get to watch somebody's journey like I have yours over the last couple of years and to witness what it looks like to be in real-time growth and to struggle along the way, to have big, amazing, joyous moments along the way. And then to say what you just said before we hit record, which was, I'm just in this really flowy, amazing, things are going to work out state. And I was like, oh, that's not the person I first picked up on. Not to say that you weren't someone who attracted success and abundance, but you're a freaking hard worker. Like you only know one speed. It's go. Like you are a get shit done person. You create action plans and you follow through and you stay consistent. And I know that's how you got here. That's how you got here. But it's so cool. That was one of the first things you just said on this recording was I'm in this really cool space right now. And I wanted to start with that actually, because we, sh we share a friend that we love promoting. Her name is Sammy Pants on Instagram. And I know that you are embarking on this journey with her. And I'd love to dive into that piece because I do think watching you say yes to that part of your life somehow subconsciously unlocks something for me to step more into that realm too. Because I do resonate with the piece of you that gets shit done, creates the plan, takes action, but then also now knows that in order to really feel fulfilled by all that stuff, you have to start to really embody a lot of it and tap into why are you doing it? Where are you creating from this space? And then also your vision gets to be so big, you know you're going to hit roadblocks because you've hit them in the past. How can you set yourself up to hold more, to take on more, and to become this next level version of you? So I'm going to shut up for a second and I'm going to let you take it from that. This is why I love podcasts because... I think you helped me identify something that I haven't been consciously aware of because I am in this stage right now where I've been feeling for the last two years this call to do less, but do it better. So it's this fine line because even if I think about how my previous self would have received this idea of doing less, it would have felt like laziness. It would have felt like, what the fuck do I do with my time then? Like, what do I actually do with myself? And what you helped me piece together there is there's so much about my story and my journey that has made perfect sense in the way it unfolded. So when I talk about this, I always tell people, this might not be your season. This is a season for me where I'm really learning new lessons about how my relationship with how I produce results. Because in previous seasons, number one, I needed the go phase because there was, I had to prove to myself that I could do it. I had to build some confidence 
in not producing results, but in keeping my word to myself. So I had to be in this season where it looked on the surface like more action because that was actually really critical to being able to sit still in this season, have a lot more stillness than I've ever had, but not feel unworthy of all the results that are coming. And they're massive. There's some massive things moving right now. And it's rewiring everything on a cellular level. It just is. I said to a friend, another mutual friend of ours yesterday on a walk, I said, so I'm completely different, but also the same. Meaning like I've never felt more like myself. I don't think anyone else on the outside would even be able to put their finger on that things have changed. But it's there's a very real up-leveling, rewiring of every single cell in my body to this new normal that's available. And I've known it's available for about two years But it took me about two years to unravel my addiction to doing in order to produce results. And I think that's beautiful because, quite honestly, if someone would have just told me to sit down, okay, just in this moment, stop right now. That's like trying to put the brakes on a freight train. You have to slow it down gradually so you can even settle into whatever the next season is supposed to teach you. And in this season, it's very much so speaking of Sam our mutual friend, I knew that this was the right season to support myself with the kind of coaching that she does because it's very different. Other seasons, I've needed very masculine mentors who are like giving me strategy and some of the other people that you and I both love. And that has really served me. And in this season, I just know that I can keep producing results the way I've been producing them. That's an option. But there's something else available that I'm just really curious to see what it looks like. And to get there, so I'm getting to the part where I'm getting some confirmation that this is the right path. But let me tell you, because this would be really juicy to dig into, what it took to even get to this part where I'm getting little, we're talking glimmers, like the teeniest little validation that this is working, if we want to talk it like in that term, it's producing the result I wanted. I've had to sit in the lesson of what it actually feels like to cultivate certainty in myself, even when the results are not anywhere near what I think I want. I have a completely different relationship to money. I have completely altered my views on faith. I have a completely different relationship to what actually produces results. And it's been a very well-earned lesson because I've sat through what was the least comfortable thing for me to do, which was nothing. And that doesn't mean I'm not showing up for my business, but like I'm not making up additional work just so I can feel validated right now. I'm only doing the things that sound really fun and doing them in a way that sounds fun. And yes, I'm getting everything done that I need to, but it does not look like the way I did it before. It's not, my calendar is not time blocked. My calendar is completely open and I know the things that I need to get done. And it is freaking me out because this is so different. But it's come in layers, right? It's been this process, like I said, two years of settling into like, is there another way to operate that's available? Because I think there is. Is definitely. And you're proof of that right now. But like you say, and so many of the people before us, you can't connect the dots looking forward, really only back. You repeat that often. And like in this season, do you think you could have gotten to a place that you're in now without that previous season of time blocking creating work that you really didn't need to be doing and feeling that unshakable need to like produce 
And I think that comes obviously from somewhere we can unpack that later if we get an opportunity. I think there's been some things that you've said and another mutual friend of ours, Lori, had Britt Siva on one time and they were talking about that. They went down a rabbit hole around their moms and this need to prove. And I'd never thought about the fact that's how I'd been showing up in order to prove to her that I could make myself in the beauty industry successful. And that's why it never felt fulfilling to me. That's why it never felt like I was there or I made it. It was like, see, I told you what level of validation and how long can that carry you? It was just because of something I hadn't really recognized at like a subconscious level I was doing. And in order to get the success I did, I had to do it at the level you did, very masculine work a ton in order to get those quote unquote results. And watching people like you switch things up and do things with more ease and flow and lean towards like the fun stuff and realize you can create businesses in arenas that maybe you never even knew they existed before, like podcasting or being a podcast coach or whatever that looks like for me right now. But I think... I think watching you say that now even too is giving, it's one more example of why you stay around people who are doing the things you want to be doing. Even just hearing you say that is helpful to me and probably everybody listening. Like, oh, you don't always have to do it a certain way to produce results. Yeah. So I think there's a part of my DNA that's just wired to want to work. And that's a beautiful part. So I say this as someone who My makeup is I literally get up and I have abundant energy. I want to put it to work in something that I'm passionate about. But I think it's the distinction of what feels like work and what doesn't right now that is making it feel different. I'm not making up work so that I feel worthy of the results that actually come pretty easily to me. Because when I look at the core of my business... And what actually generates money, a lot of that comes easily. And I think I've always been very hesitant to say that out loud because maybe it's my Midwest upbringing or maybe it's just the social conditioning that results come through hard work. So I would make up hard work around it, producing probably less results because I was exhausting myself and doing too many of the wrong things. But I also think that the way I've found the things that do feel natural and do flow is I've had to try on things that I'm like, nope, that wasn't it. So I have no judgment for myself or it's not. I think some people get to this burnout in if we want to call it like the masculine energy and then inevitably have to find their way to flow. Mine has been this very, it's been a very flowy way. I've even found my way here. Almost like a kid who's like on an adventure just exploring and they're like, ooh, what's that over there? Let me just go see. Let me try that on. And I think I've always given myself permission to lean into what I'm curious about. Even if it does feel, it just feels new. It feels confronting because I've been so conditioned in the other way of operating that I think scaling back the things I didn't need to be doing, outsourcing, finding an amazing team and just all the, you started off saying this, it's really the journey of who I'm becoming in the process because I'm getting more accomplished because I'm focusing on the things I'm uniquely good at that come pretty easily, that don't drain my energy. And I'm surrounding the rest of my business and my people and taking great care of them with others who are also operating in their gifts. And that takes a while to get that little combination lined up the right way. But I now see so much of what's possible and even just who I want to be as a leader Because even in my leadership, I've had to grow and not feel guilty that the highest value thing I can offer the powerhouse women community right now 
is to be in this season of really listening to what I'm being inspired by because I'm right now literally downloading the entire next evolution of the brand. And I don't get those kind of ideas when my calendar is too full or when I'm doing too many of the things that drain me. But it's taken a while to get to the point of realizing that the most productive thing I can do sometimes is to just sit still. And if I don't have something that's really pulling me and saying, oh, come work on this, it's to just trust that I'm supposed to sit and wait in like the next intuition for where to act. And that is very much not, that's not the way that we're taught to operate. So I'm still finding my way in, in the middle of it, but I'm finding that I'm actually getting more done. So in terms of, this doesn't mean I'm just sitting around just meditating all day. I'm actually accomplishing more. I'm getting more done in less time. Because I think also learning how to operate within how I'm wired and my human design and all these other pieces. And it's been pretty cool. I'm very excited to share more about it. It's just on my podcast or with friends along the way because it's no one's really, I don't think it's been presented in this way. I think I have this gift of experiencing something and breaking it down in a way that's not too woo-woo. It's not too of like the hustle grind culture. Somehow I can toe that line. I can be both. And almost describe it in a way that if someone's super spiritual, they get it. If someone's not at all spiritual, they get it. And I think I'm just in the lesson that I'm supposed to share in my own way so that people who aren't getting it right now can hear it and like really hear it. Yeah, so good. And that's the whole piece is you do have this gift for being able to do that and why I think your community has grown to the level it is now, especially with the membership, how many people show up in person to your live event. And I love the post you made the other day of all of the years that you've hosted Powerhouse Women Live, the get together that we get to do very shortly here in August. I cannot wait. And what's really cool is all of the people like me have gotten to meet because you have created this community and have leaned into your gift of towing that line and sharing it with some of us who are more woo and some of us who are not. And I've been able to create virtual friends, in real life friends, by you talking about things that then resonate with enough people that we can all start to bond with each other. And I think you have such an amazing gift of creating that connection piece with other people that they see themselves in you. And then it unlocks the fact that they too like to do stuff like that. We know people, we met Mandy. Mandy was somebody who came and was in your space and then went right home and created her own events that's doing super amazing. And I think... That result alone and just seeing the power of you going first and taking those steps and doing the work and it then creates an avenue and lane for other people to do something very similar. I wanted to ask some questions that I know a lot of your listeners struggle with, I'll use that word, struggle, have to deal with, come up against, which would be things like that overwhelm piece of even just taking the first step around their big ideas or their dreams. Or I have in my notes here just that imposter syndrome and I would love to speak to the woman listening right now because I know we share similar audiences of those big dreamers or people who resonate with the fact that even just we're doing the work, right? They see that as inspirational or even aspirational. But for some reason, they're stuck in the thought that, oh, that's for them, not for me. And there's various worthiness pieces around there. But I know you speak to that person who you can connect with them to let them know that you're not that much different than them. Though you may have different levels of success at this point, like you shared, you're not that much different. Yeah, it was something that actually came through when I was writing my first book, which in itself was such a spiritual experience. There were parts where 
because I had the dedication to show up, and that was very much in the stage where I was proving to myself that I could keep my word when I said I was going to do things. And what I didn't realize is so much of, because I hadn't kept my word for a long time, there, there wasn't much confidence. So I think there's a couple places to look when you're there. It's number one, what came through when I was writing the book that was for me as much as it is for my community and anyone else who, you know, who feels that way is to realize that the things you're passionate about are not by accident. I'm literally building a business out of my passion for personal growth and my own personal journey of finding my human potential. And I get to share that with other people and I get to encourage them. Like that's quite literally all I'm doing. And because I am listening and taking action on what I am passionate about and how it could help someone else, the next step gets revealed. So I think there's a couple things in those early stages that really do get in our way. It's like, number one, that story of, and you and I have talked about this at length, it's like when you see someone else doing the thing you want to do, you're like, someone's already doing it. I thought that. I was like, why should I write a book? I can give you 10 women right now who would be more qualified to share this message. But now in hindsight, and I still could probably tell you 10 women who I think would be more qualified than me to share that message. But I also get that I have a different way of sharing it. My life experience is different. My struggles have been different. And just like you, you might be the only person in your world, right? So let's just think about, let's say there's 100 people following you on social media. You might be the only person they know who talks about fitness, the only person they know who talks about a growth mindset. So you're looking up to and probably listen to podcasts where other people are a little bit further along, but your friends and family don't necessarily, or the people who need to hear your version of the story. I just think it's this big lie that we tell ourselves so that we have an excuse to stay small. If you feel the prompt to start sharing a message or get really curious, for me, it led me down this rabbit hole of like, first it was fitness and fitness ended up being a really powerful place to grow some of that confidence. Then pivoting into business and personal development, just always following where like my curiosity and my interest was leading me, knowing that I was having an experience that I would get to share with other people. So yes, you're going to feel the gap between who you are now and the person you want to become. You're probably starting to tap into the fact that there's more for you. And yes, that gap, some people will label imposter syndrome, but it doesn't mean you're not qualified. It just means that there's growth to be done. And that's all any of us who are doing it, we're just not afraid of the gap anymore. In fact, I've, and this is, I think, what I'm going to write my whole second book about is literally, if you want just like the ultimate cheat code for how to thrive in this whole world, fall in love with the journey of who you get to become in the process. The success, money, all the rest will take care of itself. Meaning if you're focused on who you're becoming, you're going to see different things. You're going to meet different people. All of a sudden, you're going to be in different rooms because you are evolving. And that is ultimately the part to fall in love with. Don't get so caught up in, I'm not that person right now. Like none of us were. If you had met Jess or I 10 years ago, very different people, just very different and still just as worthy of these callings. But you don't get more confident and then take action. You literally start with the first thing that you're brave enough to do. Some people are have like a lot of bravery and they take big steps really fast and they're just going to go for it. And that doesn't make them better than the ones who take the small steps. Okay, we have to stop comparing the speed of someone else's journey to our own. 
but we're all moving forward if we're doing those things. So I think it's just falling in love with that journey of who you're becoming in the process, knowing that's ultimately even why that little hint of an idea was planted inside you. It's to help someone else, yes, but it's to set you on the path of becoming who you're meant to become. I love how eloquently you put that all together. And I do want to address because I think it's unfortunate that we've labeled things like imposter syndrome or whatever words we want to use to, like you said, use as an excuse to not take that step or that action. And you're human if you feel like what you want to do has already been done. And guess what? It already has. And that's actually a really powerful thing that you can pull from and learn from and I don't think you'd have a community at all if you had a room filled with people who didn't want to do things that each other were doing. That's what makes the community so strong is they have so many similar baseline dreams and goals. Though they're very different all across the board in what they do, how they show up, what they want to put out into the world, they have that innate calling for something more to see what they're built of, what they could actually create in the world. They're done staying stuck or small or not participating in the future of their life or who they could become in the process. And I think once it finally clicked for me that it's all about the journey, that ease and flow piece that we talked about in the beginning has settled in. It is what I get to enjoy every single day. doesn't mean we don't have hard days and don't struggle like the regular person. But when you know that it's part of the process... You can bounce back, keep going, show up just as big, even through that mess. And for me, I'm like, I don't even actually care what the end goal is now. It's the vision of how I want to feel, the life I want to live, more so than what I want to have, if you will. So the journey piece has been actually each and every day gets to be that and you get to enjoy it in real time versus, oh, I'll be happy then or I'll enjoy it when this happens. It's like, no, I get to enjoy everything that has already happened good and bad, and all the lessons, right? Because without those lessons and without those challenges, you couldn't appreciate the good days and the things that are going right or the results you are getting to have that you wanted or craved or worked so hard to see. But if you listen to this show, I fully, truly believe and back everything she said around action creates that clarity, which then gives you the confidence. And I think the people I've seen take massive action and take that first step quicker, like you shared just a moment ago, are just pulling from a past version of themselves that was able to step up and do that. So they have some confident bucket to pull from. It may not be in what they're doing now, but it's in something else. So they're like, I was able to do that when I didn't think I could. So if there's any piece of you that feels confident around any particular part of your life, like Lindsay and I both talk about that a ton of like, go back to that moment and realize what was once scary and hard. For me, it's motherhood, like having a baby. It didn't come with a book. I heard scary stories. I heard great stories. And I had my whole complete own journey with it. And it was only ever in the comparison of other people's journey that I had a shitty day or it was ruined in the moment or I felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job or insert anything negative. And once I realized that I got to show up however I wanted and be the parent I wanted to be in that, then everything became easier, even on the hard days. And business is no different, right? Because what you're dreaming up in your vision is there's no blueprint. And that's why I think as much strategy and coaching is out there, your powerhouse community builders mastermind was such a visceral, real in time, like calling of that. We sat in that room with a playbook ready to learn how to build <laughs> strong community. And I think we opened it twice in four yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's been part of the cool part of this season too. And I, I want to underline something you said about 
having the opposite experience, having that contrast is such a beautiful thing. I wouldn't know that it feels so much more aligned to operate the way I'm operating now if I didn't have the contrast of knowing what it felt to operate a different way. So it's never a bad thing. This is why I'm like, I'm so grateful for that version of myself. So grateful. And that was very authentic to the season I was in then. But part of this has been being willing to, I always love to go in with a plan because I think that gives me confidence to know that I've been very thoughtful about something that I'm creating. And I am the first one to throw the plan out the door or allow it to evolve because, and part of this too is understanding my genetic makeup and how I'm wired. I actually, my content even comes alive when it's in conversation with someone else, when it's being delivered to a group and I'm feeling what the group needs. It's why when I even host an event or go and speak at someone else's event, hey, I have an idea of what I'm going to say but I don't know fully what I'm going to say until I step on a stage. And I just trust that because it always comes. It never lets me down. But first couple of times felt a little scary. (laughs) Definitely. I love it. And good. Thank you for keeping it real. I feel like people who see that you are this episode are going to want to know the steps and the framework that it took to build what we all now know as powerhouse women. I know it started with an idea and the title of the book and has evolved into so much more than that. So can you piece that together a little bit for anyone who maybe is brand new to listening to you or doesn't possibly know you, which I don't know how you know me and not Lindsay, but Uh there's a chance and see why and where I draw so much inspiration and stay connected to her with. Yeah. And I will. I love to share about the journey and the pieces that if you're just looking at the outward version of it, you don't necessarily see. But I'll say this. Most people will ask, how'd you do it? Almost no one asks, who did you have to become? Because quite honestly, I knew what the next step was because I was very much in the becoming journey. And the way that transpired, my first business was in health and fitness. Like I said, I was in the marketing industry. I loved that industry. I think there were so many beautiful things that I learned about myself and about what I was capable of and the kind of people I wanted to be around. And there was this point where about six or seven years in, I just really started to feel restless. And I couldn't at the time figure out why, couldn't connect those dots until now looking back. What I can see is I was living a life where, like I said, I think I'm starting to become more vocal about the fact that there are certain things that just have always come very easy to me. And the tricky thing about that, anyone else who's wired that way or you know you have some natural gifts and you realize that we can produce some pretty epic results and not ever have to get very uncomfortable. And that was me. And I was very much operating within this realm of, I would say, maybe 60 to 70 percent of whatever my full potential is. And it produced results. And that was the tricky part because you think that the results are what's going to make you happy or make you feel worthy. And then you get there and you're like, gosh, why don't I feel fulfilled by this? And it was really eating away at me. And now what I can see is that you can't ignore that. Not Once you tap into that knowledge that there's more for you, there's just another level for you to unlock. It's just your indication that there's some untapped potential. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. Like You can't go back to unknowing that. It's like when you do personal development 101 and you're like, shit, I can't blame my problems on anyone else anymore because life was a lot easier when I could just make it everybody else's fault, but okay. And it led me down this path of kind of self-discovery. And I remember having the this thought. I was like, I love personal development. 
So why don't I turn back to what I know? And my goal in 2016, I still have the document saved on my computer. I was going to read a book a week. That was my goal. And I created this list of the books I was going to read and made it through one week, one week into 2016. And I'm on Facebook and I see this post by an acquaintance and it said something about a writing workshop she was going to do. And I literally have the screenshot saved on my computer. I look at it all the time. And it was January 10th, 2016 at 7.50 p.m. I sent her this message that literally said, send me details about this writing workshop. I don't even know why I'm asking. But something inside said, hey, you should do that. Now, I had a lot of evidence. I was not a writer. No goal list of mine said you should write a book. Nothing like did not even interest me in the slightest. But I think we do get these intuitive hits of like, hey, lean into that. Look into that. Just see what it's about. And that ultimately led to the short version of it is me joining this writing workshop, me saying yes to writing a book. No idea where it was going to lead. I think what I was now looking back, I think the higher consciousness part of me knew that I needed a big challenge. I needed to prove to myself I could do something that I did not think Not just that I didn't think I had any business doing. I had evidence, like I had receipts. And I know you know the story. Like one of the receipts I had for how unqualified I was is I had this cute little health and fitness blog for like three years. And I published one article per year because I was so petrified of putting myself out there and being judged and criticized and having it not be perfect, blah, blah, blah. And so I had all these, all this evidence for why I was not the person to do that. But what happened in that phone conversation that changed the trajectory of where my focus was, where my business went. So I took a phone call to learn about this program. It ended up being with someone I knew, not well, but I knew the woman who was one of the organizers. And she said, Lindsay, this could be great to establish yourself as an expert, really build your brand in health and fitness. And I do not know what came over me. It was almost like in the movie Old School where Will Ferrell's in the debate and he's like, I blacked out. What happened? Because out of my mouth comes words I had never said out loud before. Literally, had never. I probably had the thought, never said this out loud. I said, yeah, I don't think I'd want to write about health and fitness. I don't. I think I'm over that. And she's, I think, was just as shocked as I was. Imagine watching someone build a brand for seven years and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. It'd be like today if I were like, yeah, I'm going to go. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a backup hip hop dancer. My, my life dream which actually I do want to do that. But if I was just like, yep, I'm done with this. And she was like, oh, okay. What would you want to talk about? And this was the part where I was like, where did that come from? Because what I told her, what I said to her on the phone was, when in network marketing, a big part of it is talking to other people about their big dreams. And I have all these conversations that are intended to see if what I'm up to is a fit for these other people. And almost every conversation goes something like this. I'm sharing what I'm up to. They're like, Lindsay, I am so inspired by you. It is so cool. Like watching you build this business, leave your job, speak and travel and do all this so inspiring and definitely makes me realize there's more for me. Now, I don't think what you're doing is what I want to do. And I'd be like, yeah, forget that. What do you want to do? This is why I never like was super extra tippy top successful in network marketing. So I was like, yeah, fuck that. Tell me more about this idea you have. 
And they would pour their heart out. They would share with me these ideas and inspirations and these products they wanted to create or they wanted to speak. They wanted, And they would light up. When you watch someone light up when they talk about something and I'm like, oh yeah, that for sure, that's your thing. Whatever just happened within you when you shared that. And I'd be like, great, how's that going? How can I help you? And without fail, almost every single time, it would be a version of, I'm not quite ready, or I don't really know about that. I'm not a speaker, or like, who's going to listen to me? And they would just share their the reasons why they didn't think they were qualified. And every single time, I'd just sit back and I'd be like, hold, wait, hold on, time out. Didn't anyone tell you that? Yeah, we all feel that way. Anyone you're looking up to right now, like every single person. Yeah, even Oprah. Yeah, she probably felt like a total imposter when she first started. Yeah, that's not the reason you don't do that thing. That's literally your sign that it's going to grow you. Yes, back to the imposter syndrome conversation. But you're excited about that thing for a reason. Like, what's let's go. What's going on here? And I said to her, I said, I think we need to have more honest conversations about what that journey really looks like. Because clearly we are doing the people who are sitting on the sidelines a disservice because they're sitting there with these brilliant ideas, not realizing that all the fear and all the self-doubt That's not the sign that you're not meant for that thing. That is literally the neon sign saying, go this way. There is something for you. This is going to grow you. You're going to make an impact. And this is for you. And so I said that just very like not really expecting any response. And she paused and she said, Lindsay, if you don't write that book, who's going to? And I opened my mouth to give her my list of the people who would be way more qualified than I was and tell her why I wasn't a writer and this would just be a distraction. And I heard it. I was like, "What? okay, if I actually care about this, if I actually want to make a difference, I've got to go first. There's just like a higher awareness in me that was like, if I really want to make an impact, I just want to talk about this. I want to be about it. Then it's time for me to do something that I feel that scared by. And so I was like, great, here's my $2,000 and this program starts in two days and all these people know what they want to write about. I don't even know what book I want to write. And that book changed everything, literally changed everything because it never was supposed to turn into a community or a brand or anything. And I share it that way to say you're missing right now the first breadcrumb on the path. You're probably downplaying it because it looks too small and like, oh, that's insignificant. Like that's not going to get anywhere. I was a nobody who decided to write a book and self-publish it. And then there was a damn typo on the cover. There's all these other stories for like, I could have easily used any of these moments as a reason to stop. And imagine, like, you know me pretty well. Imagine if I stopped. Like, what would I even be doing right now? (laughs) Where would I be? I probably wouldn't, would not be doing anything. Or maybe I would, maybe that path would have been perfect and it would have led me to the next thing that I was supposed to do. But I think I had multiple opportunities and other ideas along the way that I had sat on. And this was the first one that I actually followed through with. And it changed not just my life, but I don't know, thousands, thousands probably at this point of other lives just because I said yes. Was that even the answer to your question? I don't even care what I asked you. Yes, it was. And I, (laughs) when I, when you can connect all of that, and that's a perfect example, like the opportunity to write the book, but the bigger point she's trying to show and that I hope I can drive home again too is something came into her vision, right? Somebody posted about this writing opportunity. And I will say that's probably how anything I've ever taken action on has happened for me as well. 
that's how I got into competitive bodybuilding. I had someone come up to me and ask me if I competed. I said, in what? He said, in figure. I said, figure skating? He says, he grabs my shoulders. He's like, no, you got shoulders. You need to compete. I'll put you with the good coach. I had no idea what he was talking about. I had just gotten into getting healthy and I was like 24, 25. And he sends me off to this bodybuilding gym. I walk in the gym, same sort of situation, but it was in person. And she says, so you want to compete? And I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. Yeah. You're like, $1,500 later, it was like when you committed to writing a book a week, she's like, here you go. This is what you do. Boom, boom. I was like too naive to even like get in my own way because I didn't know the magnitude of what I was saying yes to. And I, like you said, when we know better better that way, gosh, darn it. Like ignorance is so bliss sometimes. Uh huh. But I think really the piece there was I didn't have any expectation of what the journey would look like or what the actual outcome was going to be. I just knew that I had just put money down at a significant level for myself for the first time for me, like an investment in me to be called to show up, to take action, and to have a real goal solidified with an actual coach. And looking back now, I never even thought of her as like a coach slash mentor. Obviously, she was a trainer, but she was one of my first investments, if you will, in creating that level of confidence that I pulled from for a lot of other things in the future deciding that you're going to get on stage in a sparkly bikini and show how, like, just based off of what you look like, how much more can you, it's like when people decide they want to be rappers or musicians, they go put themselves at improv clubs to like, just rip the bandaid off. And sometimes maybe if you're listening, there's some other things that you could start to test the waters and to build those pieces of confidence up so that when those things speak to you, you will be more inclined to just take the leap of faith on yourself rather than shop the idea around to everyone you know who will downplay it and tell you it's not the right thing to do. And that's one of the things I love about this community and what you've built and the people I know that exist in it. It's where I go to tap back into the belief I already have in myself, but sometimes it gets buried in there with confusion and comparison and real life and all the other shit. But because I know to stay close to this community and to tap into the resources when I need it. Like the Girl Gang membership is there every single month and just your podcast too. If I feel like I need that, I have it. It's right there. It's a free resource. And I know it's why you do what you do. And the book's an easy entry to learn more about chasing your big ideas and going for it. But to who is listening right now, no matter what you're doing, just stop for a second. (laughs) Just stop. If you take anything away, just know that you can tap into those pieces of confidence whenever you decide to. We are all equipped with an endless cart of excuses that we can pull from at any given time. Maybe the cart of confidence has just a few less things in it or maybe one or two pieces. But when you start to take action and do things that create those little bits of confidence in that bucket in that cart, you can use those for future things that you want to do or that come into your life that you didn't even know you wanted to do. I had no idea that podcasting was going to be something I fell in love with. It's no wonder I've been talking to clients for 20 years, asking questions, being nosy. I was always the one talking too much in class. Like looking back, it completely makes sense. Actually, I wish they just given me a mic when I was like five. I would have I could have been the original podcaster. You could be it. But with all that to say, like it started off. You said something there that I wanted to touch on, too, because it's a random tangent. But it actually led me astray in the beginning when I decided I wanted to figure out what my next was or what my more was or what that voice was trying to say to me. I didn't know what it was. I just knew 
that I was living in this place, just like Lindsay described that 60, 70%, what I was doing actually was coming really easy. I was able to produce results, which came in the form of income, lifestyle, whatever it was. And I remember there was a point where I started to really, it was becoming like an obsessive thought of like, is this it? Is this as good as it's going to get? And then you go through all of the levels of like feeling bad that it's not enough for you and that it's more than most people in your life have. And then you struggle with that piece of, can I be grateful, but then also want more? Can I have deeper levels of success and not make those around me feel less than? And so if you're that person in your circle, this is where communities like Powerhouse are so important and why you need to lean on rooms like this in order to know that it's okay if you don't fit in where you're currently at anymore. There's a place for you. And I think that's the biggest piece is when we can constantly know that like we have a place to go to, to tap into that belief, it then creates the behaviors and then everything comes afterwards, right? Because I think sometimes we have to have some behaviors that we start mimicking after other people before we actually believe in them. And that's why when I watch other people go first, I'm like, fuck it, I'll try that. And if it doesn't pan out, if it doesn't work out the way I thought it was, no harm. At least I know I can die saying I never didn't try something. I never didn't put myself out there. And I think at the end of the day, we never know how long we have. And that's one thing that I do know that is a core like memory belief. I don't know where it came from, but I never want to wake up and say, I wish I would have done that. I'm definitely going to be the person that says, oh yeah, I tried that and that and that and that. And that's how I got here. And I used to get a lot of shit for that. And I know I speak to a lot of multi-passionate people who have a hard time following what that nudge is for that big idea or that vision or whatever, because they have so many of them. Like they're so overwhelming to the point that they then don't take any action or think that they have to pick one thing in order to start. So what would you say to the person who is multi-passionate, who feels like everything we're saying is resonating with them? How do they tap into that strength to take action around taking any action? Yeah, I actually just did a podcast on this because this is something that comes up a ton. And I think there's a couple of answers to it. Number one, realize that not everything is supposed to be a business. I joked about wanting to be a backup hip hop dancer. I am really leaning back into my love of dance and taking dance class once a week. I don't even post it on Instagram mostly because it's literally just for me. So being multi-passionate doesn't mean you're supposed to make every single one of those a business. Not every single one is a viable business. But if you're in the place where you really aren't sure where you want to start and there's a bunch of things you want to do and maybe they're all different or they could all be connected, There was a season in my business, I lovingly call it my buffet year. And a buffet year is quite literally just the commitment to give yourself permission to try on a lot of different things in a, whether it's a year, six month period, a three month period, with the intention of the moment you realize, okay, that's probably not a viable either business, that's not scalable, that's not something I I actually am lit up by, you as quickly and as responsibly as possible, you exit it. You exit stage left, right? Now, I say responsibly because if you're, let's say you take on coaching clients and you're like, I hate coaching and don't just drop those people and not refund them, right? Find a way to exit stage left in a responsible way, taking great care of people. But in 2019, I, I was in that place where I had so many ideas for what the brand could become. And I let myself try them all on. We did events in other cities, 
we did the very first version of our membership, which I ended up after one full year closing because I realized I didn't have the team in place yet to to grow it in the way I wanted to. And I allowed myself time to try on different things. If you imagine you're at a buffet and what's cool about a buffet is a lot, most of them, you can try all these different types of food. And for the most part, let's just imagine your appetite can pretty much just handle one plate. Now, I can put down some food at a buffet. I can probably handle like a couple plates, some of the little dessert ones. But let's just use one plate as an analogy to say like you only have so much room on the plate. So you're going to load it up with all the things you want to try. But the moment I take a bite of something and I'm like, Ooh, that's not my fave, I'm going to not eat the rest of that so I can make room for more of what I want to do. And doing that and not listening to the conventional wisdom of like, you got to narrow down your niche before you get started. I think that's actually leaving a lot of people paralyzed because the way I found my focus and even still we tried this on a little bit. If I want to do something, I'll figure out like a way to test pilot it in a way that I can get some clarity before I would roll it out on a bigger scale. So I think that is a really great way to approach it if you actually have a bunch of ideas. Maybe there, it's a bunch of different things you could monetize and use that season to get clear about what you what you do really want to put your focus on because you can't grow multiple things that are very different at one time unless you have a pretty big team. There even got to the point where I had to choose network marketing or powerhouse women because my focus was split. So therefore, my energy was split and my results were split. I do think there's something to be said about focusing in on the thing you want to grow, getting that to the point where you can automate it or hire someone to support it before you go and create the next brand new thing. But within reason, give yourself the flexibility to try a couple of things with the intention that you're not going to do all of those things forever, right? Even our membership, I closed it, but we eventually brought it back when I did have the team. And really looking at it through the lens of what am I really here to do? Not just what's going to make the most money. What's going to like, what am I going to love doing and going to work on every day? What's the impact I want to make? And then what are people asking me for? Like this combination of what can I see the path of least resistance to get up and running something I love doing? I'm great at. I'm actually skilled in it, right? I'm no one paying me for dancing right now. Okay. I love it. No one is offering to pay me yet. Okay. I'll stay. I'll keep that door open. But realizing that I do think all of us hold our own answers. I think our intuition is incredibly powerful. And for a lot of my life, I was conditioned not to listen to that. So the buffet year helped me try things on, pay attention to how I felt. Did I really want to do those? And then eventually helped me to focus in on the things that I did want to grow. Mm, So good there. And I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves the permission to try those things on. And I think there was a season where I felt like I was getting a lot of flack and or confusing people, but I knew looking back now, it was my buffet year. And you're right. There's a lot of confusion around. You can have multi-passions. Not all need to be a job. Not all need to be the next thing you try to make money doing. And I love that actually in the sense of talking about podcasts because you have an amazing podcast. You've had it for a while. I have a podcast. Clearly, we're listening to it right now. And I wanted to drive home Because I think a lot of people think that they should only start a podcast to monetize it or to drive traffic somewhere. Now, while you can do all of that, and both of us do that, I do think for me, for a while there, when I was leaning against some resistance with continuing on with the podcast, what was I using it for? 
I fed into what I thought it was supposed to be versus the joy it brings me, which is getting to have conversations, getting to share those conversations with the rest of the world and using it as if I would like maybe a very expensive habit because now I have a team and we produce a lot of content out of it. So there's money behind it, but also I have other hobbies that cost a lot of money. These lashes, this hair, like they're not hobbies, they're necessities. And so once I gave myself permission somewhere around episode 40 or 50 to just really lean in and enjoy it for what it was, then I actually started making money with it. Then it actually produced results like I had intended it for in the beginning, but it was only when I gave myself permission to have fun with it again. And so now I'm able to share the power of podcasting and why everybody should have one. You don't need to have one. Just like, I don't think this is how you need to grow a brand. I think you can grow a beautiful personal brand without a podcast, but I've found myself through my podcast. I found my voice. I found my style of maybe interviewing. I've I found my way to connect with other people by what's resonating, what's not. And it's been a very therapeutic place for me to work through the things I know so many people who maybe follow me on social media already are currently going through because they're talking to me about it in the DMs. I was just brave enough to finally brave after two years to start it. And like your story, how long did we have the microphone sitting in the back collecting dust, watching everybody else we knew start their damn podcast? And I couldn't have told you when I started this podcast in the middle of COVID because I was so mad that we were closed that I would one day be a course creator helping other people start their podcast. And then that moving into we now have an agency where we do done for you services to help you produce your podcast. So it's like I could have never seen that vision had I not just taken action and started really poorly and messy and all the things with the podcast. I would have never gotten here. But honestly, it's people like you who I think have paved the way for me, you along with Lori and Lindsay and I'm sorry, Chris and a few other of our mentors. And I know there was other people for them. And so I think we look at people at a certain level and think they just had it. They didn't have to go through what you're going through. And this is your sound reminder. That's not true. We all have had to go through it. Yeah. In one season or another. So like if you see someone enter, let's just use podcasting as an example see someone entering the podcast space and it just kind of like starts to get gain traction a lot faster. They just earned that confidence and that momentum somewhere else. They had another a career or a business or something challenging where they learned the lessons that maybe you're just meant to learn in this season. And when I started to look at it like that, I realized that the longer I spent and the more energy I wasted comparing my journey and the speed of it to anyone else's, I was literally just leaking energy left and right that I could pour back in. And I eventually learned to pull that back in and pour it into my own growth and my own journey. And the more I've just focused in on where I'm going and the speed that feels really good for me to go at, other people are like, holy shit. And I'm like, oh, I I guess I just had my head down. I didn't really notice at what speed I was going, at what pace. But I'm working at a pace that feels really good for me. And spending so much less time looking around and comparing that to what is going on in anyone else's world. And that's easier said than done. It's not that I never have those thoughts or like notice someone else's success and have that moment of like, oh, am I behind? But I know what to do with that thought. Like it doesn't hang around very long because that's an old program that's just trying to bring up past feelings of insignificance and all that other bullshit. We both still have those thoughts. We have those triggers, but you learn better tools and they don't stop you as much. Now it's just kind of like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's old Lindsay coming back. Hi, 
Yeah, that's just not what we're going to do. But thank you. Thank you so much. You can go back to the corner. Yeah, go back to where you came from. Oh my gosh, I love Mm. this. I hope so much of what we shared today resonates and it inspires you to take some form of action, which could look like you just sharing this with a girlfriend. Maybe the two of you have big ideas and you dream. I'm thinking of two of my friends right now who have talked about starting a podcast for so long or a YouTube channel. They wanted to have some fun with it, but neither of them have taken it. Action. I'm calling you out, Kyra and Kelly. And it just, it's almost painful to watch when you see, and I'm sure you probably have the feels for people in your community that you see it all over their face and even how they show up and they're not doing maybe the things that even they want to be doing. And so you continue to push on and share resources in your community with them in hopes that they'll start to take that action. And I love that. And community is such a big piece that I now understand that I'm over on this side of my journey. In the beginning, I was coached to the fact of growing an audience and I didn't know the difference. And it was hard for me to pivot from being known as the hairdresser to what I thought I wanted to be, which I wasn't even sure of. I think I was in that buffet season unknowingly. And so it was hard to articulate what I was doing and why I was doing it. And therefore, I think it kept me stuck. But also, I think if I had just built community around who I was as a person, everything might have been a little bit easier and presented itself in a different way. But I wasn't taught to that. I was taught to the following in the audience and didn't see the difference. So can you explain real quick? Because I know community is one of the main things that you talk about. And the reason why, if someone's thinking they want to step out into the world, why building community is so important. Yeah. And it isn't a joke. This is very much true. The reason that I figured this out is I was really afraid of attention in the beginning. Just very uncomfortable with holding space and just was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here doing this thing, sharing this message. And so I think what I now realize and back to the things that just come very naturally, I have a natural gift for bringing people together, for creating community and for being able to dissect it and understand what it really is. And the thing that I got clear on when people started to ask for guidance and mentorship, and I consult with big companies on this now is there's, there is a very slight but important difference in how we approach building a community and how we approach building an audience. And both have their place. I'm not saying don't go build your audience because you need to. You need people to know how amazing you are and the value you offer. But when you're building an audience, the question really that you're answering is, how do I get more people to connect with me? What kind of content do they want to hear? How can I become like one of their favorite voices to listen to? And this isn't to say you're making it all about you. I had this one hater go on a rant on one of my posts like, no, it's not about me. I was like, okay, Sally, I get that it's not about you, but you actually need to ask this question. Like, how can I provide the most value? Yes, it's in service to others. But in order for your brand to grow, you need people to care about who you are. And that's not a self-righteous thing. But it goes deeper when you start to ask a better question, which is, okay, now how do I get more of those people to connect with each other? How do I not have it feel as much about me where I'm still, I actually get to be even more powerful in my role now because I'm showcasing to my community that I don't have all the gifts and talents. I do not. I know what I'm great at and I know how to surround myself with others who are great at the things that I suck at. And it I think for the message that I'm sharing and the impact I want to make, it's really important that I am showcasing that, not just saying it, but living it. And 
it's cultivated just the most beautiful, connected, authentic, and ambitious community of women. And it's been cool to watch that play out and realize that I do think the brands of the future that have longevity, that have that deep brand loyalty that cannot be messed with are the brands that are cultivating community as a growth strategy. It's just one of my favorite things to talk about now because I don't think enough people are thinking this way and and doing this, especially for those of us with smaller brands. This is it. Like I have grown a wildly successful and profitable business with a very small audience. It's still relatively small in comparison. And I love that. I love that about my story because no one can tell me their audience is too small to create the business or the income that they want. Mm. I think that's a perfect way to put a bow on this and to just If you want to get around more of Lindsay's energy, obviously you can go listen to Powerhouse Women, the podcast, and join us in August. I can't wait. I have my ticket VIP. I've got some friends I'm going with. So if you want to come with me in August to Scottsdale, the dates are August 25th and 26th. Grab the VIP ticket if there's any left. I know she'll sell out 100%. This is your eighth year? This is our seventh Seventh. event in six years. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to miss it. If this is speaking to you and you are feeling called that maybe you don't have the community around you that you're seeking and you just know, I promise this energy will leave you feeling like you can do anything and you will walk away with clarity around your next step. Maybe not the biggest vision, but it will definitely connect you to that next right step and or the next right person you need to lock arms with. Because for me, that's what's really been the catalyst to movement. And I want that for you guys listening. So if this resonated, you all know, please share it with somebody who maybe you want to invite with you and you two can come together. You can wear your own matching girl gang jackets. Yes. Matching outfits, matching pajamas for the Friday night kickoff party are all definitely encouraged. And it really is. It's the place to find your community. If you're lacking that, I'm going to put about 600 to 700 women in a room who want to connect. And you've got to do your part and show up. But I promise you, they're waiting for you and they want to connect with you just as much as you're craving connection. 100%. And if you want access like this moment, just go to the link in the show notes, join the Grow Gang membership so you can start to meet some of these amazing women who show up on these calls and literally like the energy is palpable. It's one of those things that like if I need to pick me up, I tap into these calls for sure. They're even great when I get to listen to them by myself later on if I happen to miss it live. But honestly, when you have a resource like that at the price point it's offered at to tap into, it's everything. So get around people doing what you want to be doing. Stay close and don't think you have to figure this all out by yourself. Your favorite thing I love that you say is that we don't have to do business or life alone, which I love. So thank you for letting me get to do life and business with you. I'll see you soon in Scottsdale, sister. I can't wait. Thank you so much. This was fun. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.